does it feel? Yeah. I'm pretty hyped, man. I'm pretty yeah. hyped. I was looking forward to this all day. Yeah. We were supposed to do it earlier in the morning, but uh, we went to the Battle Work Day, and then we're back here, so been looking forward to it, man. Yeah, not Excited. the worst place to have to hang out, uh, being in Miami. How long have you been in town? I've been in Miami. So I went to West Palm Beach uh, November 1st. I was here for Tony Robbins' seminar. So I did that for four days, and then I came to Miami after, like, November 4th, 5th. So it's been, like, just about a week. I had, like, a short trip to L.A., too. Mm. Um, for this event with Arlen. So mm. I went and did that and uh, literally just got back to Miami from that today. That's sick. So, yeah. So, like, what are you most excited about right now? I'm excited, to be honest, about, like, the development, day-to-day development. Um, I feel like I'm progressing a lot over the past few months. So just getting better specifically at sales, like, more so as a leader now. I feel like I'm getting good as an individual performer but I want to kind of get good as somebody to train and coach other people. So that's what I'm focused on now. And then additional to that, probably just the skill of content creation because I'm also trying to get on YouTube and TikTok and grow a brand there. So those are the two things I would say. Cool, and like how long have you been building? I'm always curious, like how long have you been building before it was like, now it's time for content? Like has the content side of things been in the back of your mind? Was it something where you wanted to build first and then see the, like, I guess the best way to, yeah. How long have you, did you build before you started? Cause you have a YouTube, I mean, you got a solid YouTube following. I mean, like two, three K like for not, you know, I know you're not as consistent as you'd like to be yet. Um, not bad, dude. So like, yeah, was the YouTube thing happening while you were building or was it like YouTube build you know. No, it's kind of all over the place. I started my YouTube channel. I think a lot of people, they have this perspective on YouTube that they need to be like legendary first and then they can have a YouTube channel and then they can have a voice on YouTube. But in my personal view, I'm kind of trying to document the process. Cool. So my vision, like I really like Iman Gatsi, for example. And one thing that he did was he documented the process of him like going from one client to then growing to an agency to then having an e-learning company, et cetera, and getting to the position he's in today. Uh, so I kind of want to do the same thing with my YouTube channel as well. And it just came uh, as an idea uh, to me one day where I was like, fuck it, let's just do it. And then I just started uploading content without really putting any thought or effort or energy behind it, literally just talking in front of a camera. So that's really mostly what I did for most of my time on YouTube so far. I've just recently been trying to put intention into it, look at thumbnails and um, kind of the direction I want to go with each video and titles and description and hiring an editor and having a team and that kind of thing so you have to be intentional in order to grow but i think the first thing that most people should do when they first get started is really just start and record stuff and then like figure it out along the way yeah and isn't it kind of funny how it parallels and we'll get into your background and like obviously what you're doing now and how we got started but you're in the entrepreneurship game you're in the you know the sales game around business owners it's very similar like you can relate like the content process for me, like starting my business process, for you, probably learning the sales process, like you have to just put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And then kind of start to notice that things kind of naturally work out. Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. And one thing to touch on, because you mentioned Iman, for anyone out there who wants to check out this guy, he's literally documented his journey from like 15 oh, years everybody old. watching this knows Iman Let's everyone watching they should yeah. know Iman but if you don't dude and you want to see someone start from 15 to you know doing multiple seven figures you know at 20 what's he 21 22 now yeah um now I mean that's 
six, seven years worth of work, uh, we'll do it. Now, let's talk about sales a little bit. Uh, why get into sales and what do you love the most about it? I think everybody that's young, if they don't know what they want to do, sales is like the perfect thing to get started with. Reason for that is because the skill of sales is so useful for any business. I think for growing a business, the main thing you need is one, either a good product or service, and then two, the ability to actually sell it. Um, so if you can master that, that's pretty much half of it. Now, obviously that's like a simplified version. There's marketing, there's all these other components as well, but I feel like the skill of sales is just so instrumental to any business. And so if you could master that skill, then that's helpful for the rest of your career as an entrepreneur. Um, so for myself, uh, I just naturally have an inclination towards it. I always just love talking about things that I'm passionate about. I've kind of worked sales roles since I was 19. So I kind of got started like a while ago. I'm 24 now. So I've been doing sales for some time now. Uh, but uh, I think the reason that everybody should do it is because it's so instrumental to growing, not just professionally, but also in terms of your personality. And uh, you could carry that learning um, into several different domains in life. So. And then also, apart from that, I mean, there's a lot of money in it. You know, there's people, it's like the easiest way to make 10K per month, in my opinion. You know, so I would say uh, for those two reasons, definitely sales. Yeah, so for all you out there, you know, your goal right now is 10K a month and you're building a business and you don't know how to, like, we had this conversation where, like, earlier, where I'm like, like, I built something, like, pretty cool, but I've never just dialed in three months and learned sales. And... I think I recommend that. Like just talking to you more and more, I'm like, if you want to start a business and you want to scale it to 10, 20K a month, 50K a month, you're going to have to, you should like take the time to learn proper sales skills because then, and we spoke on this, not only will you have generate more, uh, capitalize more of your warm leads, but you'll eventually be able to teach someone, like you said, now you're you know five years in the game, to do it just as effectively, if not better. And then you can really focus, you know, um, yeah. Focus on yeah. And just to be clear, it's not like five full years. Like I started yeah. at 19, but then yeah. I took like gaps for a long period of time okay. as well. Yeah. So in terms of like actual professional experience in sales, maybe like just about a cumulative of like under a year, under, oh, okay. under no, a year and a half, maybe a year and a half, year and a half uh, I would say consistently. Cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a great thing to get into. And now what, for those out there that are already in it or want to start, what are three things they need to be successful. Three things to be successful in sales. Yes. Um, so I would say one, obviously just anybody would say this, you need to be comfortable with uh, dealing with highs and lows. I think that the biggest thing with sales is you have some days that are like incredible. I've had like dozens of thousand dollar days. I've had dozens of zero dollar days as well. So I think maintaining emotional homeostasis through the highs and the lows is really important because a lot of people, when they're first getting started in sales, it starts to consume them and they can't compartmentalize their work life and then their personal life, right? So I would say that just maintaining emotional homeostasis is super important. I think even so to even do well in sales, you need to be able to manage your emotions really well. So I would say that's the first one. Um, other than that, obviously the ability to communicate your thoughts um, persuasively there's a lot of like technical things that go into it. Every single little detail matters. Um, tonality matters. Body language matters. The direction you take the conversation matters. You kind of have to understand what the prospect is looking for. And then through that, tailor the conversation in a right direction to like take them from not knowing too much about you, not really understanding what you're about to then walking them down the line to then wanting to buy. Um, so it's really just like 
understanding the nuances there. And then other than that, um, maybe let's say like asking the right questions. Cool. I think one big thing with sales, like people don't really recognize, like they think they, they, they look at like Jordan Belfort and uh, they just think it's just like talking and just like being pen. loud. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's just being loud. But yeah. the thing is, I mean, when somebody says, sell me this pen, the first thing that you should be asking is questions around why. Like, why do you need a pen? What, what are you going to do with the pen? Things like that. Right. Um, and so asking the right questions to then make the prospect uh, come to a conclusion in their own mind that they want to buy rather than you telling them. Because the thing is, uh, the easiest way to sell somebody is them selling you. So if they, in their mind, believe that they want to buy without you actually having to convince them, but asking them the right questions to lead them into that conclusion, that's really the best, um, that's the, the best way to do sales in my opinion. So... Cool. Right questions. Yeah, no, I think I think that's all really helpful, especially what you said there about the end of you know the best salesmen know how to get the clients to sell to yeah. them, which yeah. is sweet. You know, like it's really it's a really good point you made. Um, now I want to talk on those first two. You know, become like being a good conversationalist. Is there anything or just like the right tone? Is there anything you did or people you kind of look to? Um, that helped you develop those first two things because those are really like intangible kind of personal like traits. Is there anything you do on a daily basis that you say, you know, help allows you to kind of convey that when you're talking to clients? So uh, tonality wise, I think that it just goes into training. Like every, so there's different types of tonality. So there's like a charming tonality, which is like, hey man, it's nice to meet you. Like, what's your name? And there's like a conviction tonality, which is like, dude, I'm super excited for this podcast. It's going to be a great time. So, and then there's like the confused tonality, which is like, yeah, like what was your name again? You know, so it's like you kind of have to like balance all the different tonalities and use it at the right time. Um, so if you, and also like kind of have like inflections. So like you do one tonality and then you switch to another. So like, for example, you might do something like, so with this $2,000 package, the first thing you get is one-on-one -on -one access to mentorship. You say that with conviction. The second thing you say, and despite how famous the influencer is, you still get direct time from them. And so it's like kind of the inflection. It makes people suddenly without realizing because um, it's all subconscious. But when the prospect is listening to you, what they're going to do is they're going to lean in because your tonality kind of like you, you kind of started whispering a little bit. So then the person just wants to listen in more because it feels like it's almost a secret. So it's like super like nuanced and, and uh, subconscious, but then it actually does impact the sale at the end of the day. Um, so I would say like little things like that matter. Uh, but um, you also have to know who you're selling to at the same time because right. there's like this thing called a sophisticated buyer and non-sophisticated buyer. Okay. And so a sophisticated buyer is somebody who is – more so, I mean, just with the name, you could kind of come to a conclusion. It's somebody who uh, has a lot more knowledge and they're shopping from a position of more logic. So they, they shop based on like what is logically better. Then there's the other type of uh, buyer who's not sophisticated. And so they are people that just buy off of emotions. So if you can like uh, get the right emotions and get them excited and build up conviction, they're going to buy more likely. Whereas a sophisticated buyer doesn't just take emotion. They're going to want to hear the logic side of things as well. So it really depends on the sale that you're making right now. I'm selling to consumers. And so with consumers, uh, it's way more little things like tonality and body language and um, bringing in like the right emotions. But then with, I also did SaaS sales before. Okay. And with that, it was way more logic based. And still, I mean, tonality still matters. Things like that still matter. But yeah. it's way more logic based appealing to logic versus emotion. And for anyone, uh, the, the lingo, you know, we're using a little high level and it's, I appreciate it, the SaaS sales. Explain the difference between SaaS sales and what you're doing 
now? Yes. So SaaS sales, it's software as a service. This is, for example, like G Suite, like Google or Salesforce or like a cloud service or some kind of platform. And you're selling to businesses. So it's B2B. So that means business to business. You're a business providing a service and you're selling to other businesses. Whereas uh, B2C is kind of what I'm doing right now, which is business to consumers. Consumers are just regular everyday people. So for example, right now I'm selling an e-commerce mentorship and uh, automation service as well as uh, a ment- like a tr- it's a, it's kind of difficult to explain, but it's called Tribe by Arlen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's pretty much just like a network. It's kind of like Jen's Croquet Club, uh, but um, these are all consumers that are buying it. They right. have their own pain points and then I sell to them based on um, fulfilling those pain points with the product. Cool, man. So. Um, that's, that's, all, that's really awesome, right? The way you broke down like the, I think so many guys get on, they have podcasts and they have, they produce content and they're like, Oh, I'm the best salesman yeah. here. And like they, the way they explain it, I'm like, I could have learned that from the car dealership down the street. Like they're not talking about tonality and you know, like the fact that you just explain that and I can think back to sales calls where me as a business owner have like, Oh, this service is interesting. Yeah. And felt those things. Like I remember wondering like, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, they got exactly. so like excited, exactly. and I was yeah, like, "Did yeah, I yeah. miss something?" Like, but my attention, the big thing you hit on was it grabs your attention. Yep. And having attention, as we spoke on the social media, is everything, right? So it's like you talk about like attention drawing people to your product. Yeah. Now you're on the sales call. Great. Maybe your social, maybe your ads worked, but if your sales guy or you on the call, yeah, can't provide that same level of holding the the person's attention. Not yes. gonna get to the point where you hear the pain point or you, got, like you, you make the sale. Exactly, exactly. The game is you want to plant the idea of conviction on your product or service into the person, the prospect, so much so that they are willing to like speak highly about it and, and sell other people on it. So if you could do that, and then there's like a bunch of subtle ways like Tonali, like we touched on, that's kind of how we get into it. But if yeah. I were to just say blankly, like this is the best product, you should buy it, that doesn't hit the same way as if I asked you the right questions and asked something like, Okay, so what are you struggling with, and how is this impacting you, and um, what are you looking for? How's what have you tried so far? And then through that, like planting the seed of the product and service you're selling to really provide be the solution to those problems. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you can really like start to do well. And I would also add a lot to to this as well. You can't do that if the product or service itself doesn't do well. So if, if it doesn't actually have a ground to stand on. You can't properly, it's just impossible to have the level of conviction to be able to influence people that way. So I would say that you have to be behind the right product and service, but when you are, then it's just a matter of um, pretty much helping people and uh, convincing them uh, subtly of um, your product being the solution to their problems. Very cool. That was a great, like, real first, like, the first 15 minutes of this. I think we got a lot about kind of, like, what you're doing and obviously you showcase your expertise like very well so if you guys haven't checked out his youtube channel go check it I out i haven't made any content hasn't made it at all. in a while but the stuff on there is very helpful it's dude. all personal development i don't talk about sales not you even don't talk about, about any sales on zero it? no okay so maybe we'll have some clips from here yeah yeah exactly that'll be floating around there yeah. soon um but what about uh you say you're 24 you know university experience in yeah. toronto do you, you went to college correct so i went to university yeah. uh two hours west of toronto i went cool. to western university um studied I, well i changed my uh, degrees a few times but i finished with a degree in marketing cool. so that, that's pretty much my background nice and uh now i kind of want to get into like let's talk about your college 
experience a little bit um a kind of why switch what did you go in at I just, this question i like to ask people because like the way college is kind of trending these days yeah what was your thoughts going in to yeah. university and how have they changed since like graduating or yeah yeah so going into university um i i didn't really think about money too much i think my mindset back then was that I had the traditional view of thinking that most people I think have. I, I think the viewers of this podcast probably don't have it as strongly, but um, most people when they're in the matrix, they think that you have to go to university, uh, get a job, work hard on that job, elevate your way up, and then eventually like have a level of freedom financially. Um, for myself, I had like a little bit of a twist to that where I was like, I'm gonna go to university and then get a job and become an entrepreneur. Uh, after a few years in the game working for somebody else that was like above me. So like in my 30s, I was like, I'm gonna become an entrepreneur at that point. And so for myself, when I was first going to university, I wasn't really thinking about money. I was just thinking in terms of like the parties and in terms of like the fun and the pleasure and meeting people and things of that nature. And that's really kind of what my mind was constrained to. And actually, funnily, I first went to university to become a doctor. So I was going to do pre-med and I uh, kind of changed tracks like halfway through my first semester in my first year. So it didn't really cool. stick at all. Gotcha. But uh, initially, that was my goal because I still always want how to drive for money. And so I was like, at that time, with my level of understanding of the world, I thought that doctors were the ones that were the most rich. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to become a doctor. Yeah. And I realized very quickly that's not, that's not the case. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's very accurate. Like, you had this feeling of like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur when I'm allowed to or when, you know, like, and I, it is very, it's just so, it's so common. And it's so like, I'm glad to give exposure to it. Like, if you are hearing this and you kind of feel like you're you know you're not necessarily doing what you really like like to do every day or just something kind of feels off like it's okay to change right yeah. it's okay to you know like expose yourself to new things and new places and now kind of just tying into that what did you do after college like after graduation because mm -hmm. i got a lot of guys just post-graduation like in may that um you'd say like got you to where you're at like doing what you're doing now yeah, so I graduated 2021 in the summer. Uh, so first thing, I mean, I kind of was traveling. Um, I, I was traveling quite a bit. I've been to 15 countries in the past two years. Travel is a big passion of mine. Mm -hmm. So back then, I was working as a business development representative for that SaaS company. So it was uh, uh, software for university professors to help them with marketing. And what my job was, was I was supposed to call these university professors and book meetings into the calendars of what's called an account executive. And these are effectively the people that close the deals and pretty much have them actually, you know, exchange money. So for my job, I was just booking appointments as an appointment setter, doing calls, uh, cold calls, um, doing like a few hundred every single day. And I was getting paid like minimum wage doing it. Um, so it was like, it was an intern. It was a good position. I learned a lot. It was I definitely don't regret it one bit and also allowed me to travel because it was like fully remote at the time because this was in Canada. I'm Canada based and uh, we were very heavily restricted with COVID. So um, everything was remote at that time. So I just used that opportunity to go to Mexico. And so I spent a fair bit of time in Mexico Then I went to Europe after and I pretty much just traveled around uh, for a decent period of time just doing cold calls. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think that's a big decision. You kind of like, and I want to talk about the trigger for that because your mindset, you know, uh, graduating, was it, I need, were you dead set? Like, did you make the decision to kind of travel 
pre like graduation or was it a little bit feeling of I don't really know necessarily what I want to do so I'm gonna go out and like I just want to take this year to... well I had I had a full direction of what I wanted to do cool. I was specifically looking for a job that lets me travel cool. like I wanted to do sales I knew I wanted to do sales mm -hmm. I wanted to work my way up at the time to become an account executive which I just explained what that is mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to work my way up and generally the trajectory for that is one to two years as an appointment setter cold caller mm -hmm. um, and then eventually like once you like kind of earn the stripes then you could become an account executive I'm um, an account executives make like six figures so it's like actually a good direction too if you want to do something more of a nine-to-five path and still do sales um, you know, you could be making six figures at 24, 25 and working like 35 hours a week. So that is a good trajectory. Uh, but that was my path before. And I wanted to do some software company that allowed me to travel. So it was like remote based. So it was like a startup that I specifically wanted to work for. So that's what I did. Um, and I was going to work up to become an account executive, but then halfway through they like, this was in 2022 at this point, but I did it for a while. And then eventually they transitioned back into the office. So they didn't want to travel anymore. So it was meant to go back. I, I was like, no chance am I going to Toronto and doing cold calls? Like the whole point is I want to be able to travel. So I quit that and then kind of eventually found my way transitioning into like this more influencer uh, sales world. Okay. Yeah. I want to dive into that because you get into, I think, influencer sales. Like again, for anyone out there going to find like these, uh, get into sales and you want remote. I hear the remote thing all the time. It's becoming a constant yeah. thing. And there's kind of this age of like digital nomad. See? That's a thing um, yeah. <laughs> where you have the kind of ability to do this. So how did you get started with influencer sales? Cause that must've been tough when you learned that, you know, it wasn't going to be remote, you know? Anymore. Okay. Real talk. Yeah. Real talk. So I, I, uh, so took a step back from that. I was off of it for a few months. I was just traveling. I went yeah. to Thailand. I was focused on like building up my YouTube channel. I wasn't really like, I was not stressing. I had like money in the bank, right. but I knew, I knew that I'll be fine. I knew that eventually I'll find something. So my plan was I'm going to travel for a bit and look for something when I get back. Um, and then like, while I was just kind of in that space, because I was traveling, I was around people that are just naturally like into, uh, I mean, one great thing about travel, just to touch on that real quick, no, I'd like to, is, yeah. is that, you know, when you travel and you can meet people that are also doing similar things to you that have similar values to you if you know the right places to look. Um, so for example, when I was in Mexico, I met a bunch of digital entrepreneurs. And then when I was in Europe as well, I met digital nomads. So I surrounded myself with people that were, uh, one had the value of location freedom, which is super important to me. And also had the value of financial freedom, which is also something super important to me. Mm -hmm. And so uh, surrounding myself around these people, I kind of was made aware of remote sales for influencers. Because most, I mean, a lot of people don't even know that such a thing exists where you could work for influencers. And they think it's really hard to get into and break into. And in, in some ways it is, but anybody could really do it if they know where to look and the right steps to take. Um, and so because I was exposed to the right people, I was able to kind of tailor my um, direction into it really quickly. And uh, so I just um, cold, actually sent a cold DM to somebody and uh, they just hooked me up with somebody because they knew I have sales experience. They knew I'm good. And people are always looking for good closers. There's, um, you know, if you're somebody who's good at sales, then there's always going to be a job for you. Um, the worst case scenario, I mean, like people love in sales, love to say it's like the, the NBA job which is never broke again. Cause it's like, if you're good at sales, you're always going to make at least $10,000 per month, as long as you're in the right uh, vehicle. Right. So, um, 
but yeah, I just found I just found that through that, and it's been since July that I've been doing this type of stuff now. With the uh, nice with the influencers, yeah, primarily. Cool. Um, now on the travel end of it, you know, like you said, you were making minimum wage, and you decided to go to go travel. Yeah. How can somebody who's also making minimum wage do that? How can they a travel the world? You know, yeah. in a position like that. Um, and why should they? Well, first of all, why should they? I think travel is massive. I think most people watching this are very young right now. And here's the thing. We're only going to be 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 just now. Like eventually time is going to pass. There's nothing that you could do to stop it. There is going to come a time, hopefully God willing, we're all going to be 70, 80. And we're not going to have the level of energy and enthusiasm and curiosity and drive and, and adventure that we have right now and so in my view i think that if you're young you want to capitalize upon that and there's so many great things that come from it like you meet cool people from all around the world you get exposed to culture your mind opens up um, if you do it the right way you could also grow as an entrepreneur because you're making connections with people um, that are maybe doing like i I met people that are millionaires while traveling that are digital entrepreneurs um, so that's something that anybody could do um, and just like the experience for me myself, like I love having variety of experiences. That's a higher order value of mine along with freedom. Mm -hmm. And so I would recommend anybody to travel for that reason. So personal development, fun, pleasure, memories. And, and then when you're older, you won't regret not doing stuff like this. So, um, that's the why, what was the other thing? How can people do it? I, How yeah. can people do it? I do want to make one comment on what you said. Um, just cause you said something that stood out to me about the curiosity. Yeah. Like, a number one thing with me, a lot of people I'm I'm friends with is we're all like very curious and yeah. we have those same values. We're like, oh, what life experience? Because I could I get if I make this decision or if I I do this and like, you're in these personal development years for a reason. Like, yeah. go personally develop, right? Like yeah. it makes sense. You don't want to hit that ceiling at whatever age it is. I always say. You have so much time here. Yeah, I think yeah. all we should be focused on as young people right now is developing as much as we possibly can yeah. in our skills and our personality and our outlook on the world and our decision making and our thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think travel is an element that really uh, helps with that. If you don't travel at all in your 20s, then you're missing a significant part of your development um, into becoming the person that you want to be. So travel, it's just, it's necessary in my opinion. Right. And there's so many ways to do it. Guys like Arlen are very good about showcasing like, okay, I want to travel the world and I don't have a ton of money, but I do have a skill. Yeah. There's people not just in the US, believe it or not, out of the seven billion that are here. Yeah. That also need your skill. Yeah. And you can go reach out to them in seconds, like via Instagram, via Facebook, via LinkedIn. You know, if you're in college, if you're in university, take advantage. Yeah. Go to your counselor. I did this and I said, look, hey, here's what I want to do. And, you know, this is kind of the lifestyle I want to live and I want to be able to see the world and they're going to put you in touch yep. with the person who needs that skill or the company that needs that skill in that place. And that's step one. And right, like you said, and I want to talk about this because you go with that intention, you get there yeah. and then you see where it takes you. So to my understanding, your initial plan, like going to Mexico, right, was not to go see like the trip extend as much as it did right oh no i just didn't have any deadline i was like i'm gonna go yeah. to mexico and i just that's just myself some mm -hmm. people are more so um 
needing a plan for myself i'm just naturally very spontaneous so my direction was i'm going to go to mexico and figure it out along the way indefinitely i could do this for as long as i want to so mm-hmm. if i get bored of it then i could just fly back it's just like a 300 dollars flight right um so that's pretty much the direction i took with it yeah and uh, mexico was just like an easy thing because i'm from canada so it was like a quick flight and that was my first real taste that was solo i went to mexico solo so my first taste and then through that, I met people, and then I was able to like form a network uh, around the world. And travel like that. So, it. do you recommend? Yeah. Um, do you re- recommend solo travel? I'm actually very curious to hear this. I can't not recommend it. I mean, I really personally had a great experience doing it. I think yeah. you just need to make sure you do it the right way. I think you need to make sure that your mindset's in the right place. If you just go solo traveling and just like don't actually interact with other people then you're not going to have a fun experience. But if you go solo traveling, it's like you're stepping into a world where like nobody knows you, right? You're in like yeah. the middle of Mexico. Nobody fucking knows you. You can do anything you want to do yeah. and uh, form relationships very easily. Uh, if you like hostels, for example, are a great place to, to meet people because there's other solo travelers as well yeah. who share very similar values to you because just by the fact that they're both you're both solo traveling and you have staying to have, in that environment exactly right? exactly yeah. and specifically i would like to say selena hostels specifically um selena hostels they're they're meant for digital nomads so therefore uh, people that are traveling but also working um that's what a digital nomad is and so i stayed at a selena hostel and through that i, I just met a bunch of other people that are also digital nomads and uh, was able to build up a network is that a chain it's a hostel chain yes cool. so and okay. they also have this really cool package i'm plugging selena but yeah why not uh, it's very it, cool. it, it was you know it was yeah. something that uh that was what i started with and cool. I, basically they have this yeah. thing called co-lift package okay. where you could stay in three different locations within latin america to kind of preview the second half of our conversation we get into nabil's travels the more specific details how realistic it really is and how beneficial putting yourself in a new environment especially in your 20s can be so if you are considering it i think this first half of this conversation uh will go a long way um towards the end of it we get into kind of what we're doing now um i always let the guests ask two questions for the host so get pretty deep and honest um on the second half uh, a little bit more personal relationships and then we also are talking about kind of the legacy we want to build and you know how we plan to get there so if there's any value we can provide um on that aspect of it I'm really looking forward to it. If you like this, share it with your friends, do the duties, um, and thank you.